This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. We begin tonight in the book of, of Galatians chapter 3. And we're, we're talking about faith here again tonight. And, you know, my faith comes from only the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so something happens when I begin to see scriptures that pertain to things in my life, promises from the Word of God, and I get a hold of those promises. And I've never let them go. So we talked about Father Abraham last week, and so we begin here in Galatians 3, verse 6 this, uh, this evening. And it says, Just as Abraham believed God, one translation says, In the same way Abraham believed God, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now, Paul here is beginning to show us that Abraham pleased God by faith, not by his achievements, not by how good he was. And so when you look at this, Abraham believed God what God had told him to do. So we go on to verse 7. Therefore, know that only, 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 those who are of faith are the sons of Abraham. Now, the heirs of promised blessings are those who live by the principle of faith. So I believe personally that the, the blessings of Abraham are part of our, our inheritance from God. But again, they only come by the principles of faith. So now again, we've got to get this, the, the understanding of faith. I've I got to learn to live by faith. Verse number 9, verse 8. And the Scripture, the Word of God, foreseen that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. That's us. We're the Gentiles. And we find out by reading the Word of God that God has a plan for us too. But it's not going to be achieved by how good looking you are, how many times you obey the Bible. It's achieved by the principle of the Word of God and faith. He said, he would just the Gentiles, justify the Gentiles by faith. He preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. Now watch verse 9. So then, those who are of faith, or all who put their faith, are blessed with the believing Abraham. So it's no different than us. So we go back. Remember last week God told Abraham there's some certain things you got to do. But if you obey those things, I'm going to bless you. Actually, the promise there in, in Genesis 12, really beginning in verses 2 or 3, he said, Abraham, I want to bless you. I want to multiply you. I want to make your name great. And I want to bless you to be a blessing. You know why he wanted to make his name great? So Abraham could look at everybody and say, because of God. It's because of God. But again, all Abraham had when God told him, you've got to leave your country and your father's house and your father. All he had was a promise. Again, that's what we have. We have promises for, from God. Now, jump with me, same chapter, verse 13. Christ has redeemed us. He's repurchased us from the curse of the law. Now, every one of us, when we come into this world, we're under a curse. The only way that curse is broken is through Jesus. 
He goes on to say, And he's redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles who are in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, if you'll notice right there, he said, we might receive it by faith. He didn't say anything about earning it. He said, you're going to have to learn to receive it by faith. So now we begin to get a hold of something here in this passage. The way I get born again is I receive Jesus as Lord of my life. How? By faith. I hear the word of God that's taught on how you get saved. And when I act on the word of God, I get saved. How do you receive the Holy Spirit? The same way you get saved. How do you receive the promises of God? The same way you get saved. You begin to hear the word of God. And then you get to hold on to those things. And you begin to believe in them. And you stand on the word of God. Now turn with me to the book of Hebrews. Chapter 11. Hebrews 11. Now, as you're turning to Hebrews 11, go to Hebrews 11, and then we'll go to Hebrews 1. If you're wanting to get ahead a little bit or you take notes. Hebrews 11. There's a passage in the book of Hosea, Hosea the prophet. Um, I I really encourage you to read that that book. It's, It's right after Daniel in the Old Testament. But there's a verse that always jumps out to me. And in Hosea chapter 4, in verse 6, it says... My people, my people, my people, and I can't can't get away with it, but my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. My people are cut off. My people are ruined because they do not understand my word. Now, if we were to read that whole passage in Hosea 4 and verse 6, he goes on to say later on, they've rejected knowledge or they've even forgotten knowledge. So I begin to think about this and I think, so every one of us in here, we can be ruined or destroyed for a lack of knowledge. So the only way I get knowledge is I've got to get into the Bible. So I'm, I'm sitting there thinking about this passage today. And I said, Lord, give me a great illustration here. So this is kind of a natural area that shows how you can get revelation or knowledge in areas. So a number of years ago, when these frozen yogurt stores just started coming out, I had never been to one, ever. And so one night, Shelly says, let's go and get some of this frozen yogurt. I said, okay. So we go strolling in there, and when we walk in, we get caught by some people, and we start talking. Well, my wife has the ability to talk a little longer than I do, so I just kept going. So I get back over there by the machine, and there's three cups. There's a small one, a medium one, and then a real big one. So I think, you know what? I'm just going to get that big one. I'm going to get the biggest one they got. So I go over there, and I pick the flavor out. And I mean, I am working it. All those little loops that are coming out, I mean, they are tight spirals. They are going in there, and I mean, I'm getting as much as I can in there. I mean, if you were watching me, you'd think, man, that dude's got experience at this. Because I mean, it, it was a masterpiece in my eye, my mind. 
I'm going at it. And so after I finish, she's still over there talking. So I go up and there's a little guy behind the counter. And he said, hey, you want some fruit on that? And I said, yeah, throw some of those strawberries on there. He said, anything else? I said, yeah, I, I like blackberries. And so again, man, I got this masterpiece. And so I'm standing up there waiting and she comes up and she's got this little cup. And she takes mine and she puts it on these scales. And when she puts it on the scales... This look right here, I looked and I said, you didn't tell me that we paid by the ounce. I didn't know that. <laughs> Mine came to $8 and something. Hers was $1.30 something. Now, because I didn't have knowledge in that, I still suffered the consequences for not having knowledge. But I can tell you now that if I go in there now, I don't reject knowledge because I understand I'm going to pay for what I get and I've never forgotten what that means when I go in there. So again, when it comes to the Word of God, my people are cut off because we have no knowledge. And then it comes to another thing. We can get knowledge, but it becomes a choice. Do I reject the knowledge of God and say, I'm not going to live by that? You, you can, but you're still going to suffer the consequences for rejecting it. And then it's very easy as a human being that as we go through life, many times we forget the Word of God. We forget the knowledge. It's not if, if I've had faith, it's do I have faith? And the only way I keep faith is i got to get into the Word day after day after day. Hebrews 11, verse 3. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. Now that word framed there means the worlds were set in order. They were made fully ready. The last one I really like for the word framed, it says they were fitted. So we read the last part of the verse, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So the, the, the New Living says, that what we now see didn't come from anything that can be seen. So we look and think about here, it says that the world was formed by the Word of God. And so literally what happens here is, is Romans 4.17. If you were here a week ago, uh, God calls those things that be not as though they are. He calls those things that don't exist as though they do. So if we were to go to the book of Genesis, the way the world was framed was God spoke and the very things that he spoke happened or the very desire he had, he spoke it out of his mouth and it took place. It's the Big Bang Theory. God spoke and bang, here it came. And so again, God begins to give us an insight about how faith in His Word will work when I begin to get my heart and my mouth in line with the Word of God. Turn to Hebrews chapter 1. We'll begin in verse 1. I've got to pick the pace up just a little bit. Telling you guys stories about yogurt. Verse 1. God, who at various times in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, talking about the Old Testament. Now understand this. Those words that God spoke to the Old Testament, 
God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's letting us know through the mouth of the prophets, he spoke. Verse 2. But has in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. Now, the New Testament, he says, you're going to have to listen to the words of Jesus. If you'll get a hold of the words of Jesus, you're going to be in great shape. Verse 3, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. Now watch this phrase here. And he upholds all things by the word of his power. Now, now listen real close to what he said here. God upholds all things by the word of his power. Note, he didn't say by the power of his word. He specifically said the word of his power. So what this is referring to is when you get the word, you're going to get power. But I got to get into the word. Okay, where's that at? Well, in Hebrews 4, verse 12, it says the word of God is alive and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. So right here, we begin to say or see that through the word of God, something's at work. Something is active. Something's taking place. But you got to get in the word. So if God upholds all things by the word, what do you think we ought to be doing? Man, when I begin to get into the agreement with the Word of God, God will begin to move. So how do we base that? Well, you can go to the Old Testament. You can look what the proverb, I mean, the prophet said. Just what I quoted there in Hosea 4, 6. But even in the New Testament, when I begin to get a hold of the Word of Jesus, understand, you can hang on to those words. You live by those words. Those are promises that God has spoken to us whether it was through the prophets of the Old Testament or the Lord Jesus. Now, it's getting ready to get fun tonight. Go with me to the book of 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 18. And once we get here, many of you are going to be saying, Oh, I know this story. Well, this is a passage in the Bible tonight that I will I, I believe will really it'll it'll really set you on fire if you'll if you'll get this, okay? First Kings eighteen, verse one. And it came to pass after many days, watch this phrase, that the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Now Elijah was the man of God. And the word of God came to him. In the third year. Now what does that mean? Well, if we had time, we could really dig in here. But this land they're living in had been in a drought for three years. There had been no rain for three years. But now the word of God comes and it says to Elijah, the man of God, Go present yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on the earth. Now, again, we want to hold fast. This was the word of the Lord that came to Elijah. So guess what right here? We see God gave Elijah a promise. He gives me and you many promises in the word of God. Now, Elijah could have blown it off. He could have said, man, he's a crazy God. Does he not look and see how bad things are? 
And so when God gives Elijah this word and says, go tell King Ahab, I will send rain, he can either act on that or he doesn't have to act on it. But it's interesting to me that oftentimes we see a promise of God and we have this thought, if God promised, then he's just going to automatically do it. But if he was going to automatically do it, then why did he tell Ahab, go and, and present this to Ahab? Go and tell him that. Faith without works is dead. I'm to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. So one of the reasons God gives Elijah this word, and Elijah's supposed to go and tell Ahab, and this is what I would say if I was Elijah. God said it's going to rain. God said, and so again, I'm telling him what God said. I'm believing that God's going to do, do exactly what he said precisely. And so this is where he gets that. Now, same chapter. Go with me to verse 41. Then Elijah said to Ahab. Now, you know what that tells me right there? He obeyed what God told him to do. I'm telling you, there's always blessings when I obey the word of God. So Elijah said to Ahab, he said, Ahab, go up and eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. Now when Elijah tells him this, this is a statement of faith. But where did that statement of faith come from? It comes all the way back from verse 1. God told Elijah to do this, and so now Elijah's obeying what God told him to do. And so when, when Elijah says to him, I hear the sound of abundance of rain, there's not a cloud in the sky. Now, it had been easy for Ahab to look at him and said, dude, what have you been smoking? What are you thinking? So when Elijah says this, you know what Elijah's done? He's done the exact same thing that God did in Romans 4.17. Elijah called those things that didn't exist as though they did exist. But his saying that was based on what? What God said in verse 1. So now he's just confirming this is what God said. And this is a guy that he believes what God said so much that he gets out of the comfort zone and he says to King Ahab, Get ready, buddy. It's going to rain. Now look what he does next. Verse 42. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground, and he put his face between his knees. So now here we see a, a, a posture of prayer. So here's another question. So if God promised him that it was going to rain... Why did he need to pray? What an interesting question. Well, one of the reasons he'd need to pray right here, even though God gave the promise, we pray for the fulfillment of it. God gives us a will to say, Father God, I'm going to get in agreement with what you said. And so here's this guy, he's got a promise from God, and so he goes and bows on the ground and he puts his face between his knees. 
So now we begin to see something that plays into the New Testament. In Mark eleven twenty four. it says, Whatsoever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. Now, how can I be guaranteed that Mark eleven twenty four is going to happen to me? Because I base my prayer on what God said. So now we begin to see something even in the area of prayer. He didn't say for me and you just to pray. He specifically said, and pray, and whatever things you pray, believe that you receive them. So now you know what he's do. He's saying, you got to get over in faith. How many of you have ever prayed, but you had no faith in it? And we've all done that. We, we threw prayer out like this, and it was more of, oh, I wish, I wish, I wish. But something happens when I begin to get a hold of the things of God and I pray in faith and I believe, Father God, that you'll do exactly what you said you will do because, again, it's all based on the Word of God and the Word of God has to do with God's character. God's not going to lie. So now we see some things begin to change here. Verse 43. And so Elijah said to his servant, Go up now and look toward the sea. So the servant went up and looked, and he said, There is nothing. And he said, seven times he said, Go again. Now can you imagine me in this little servant boy? He'd run down there and he'd look and he'd come back. Nothing. 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 And about the seventh time, I bet he's wondering, he said, Elijah, you're, you're whack, dude. You don't have a clue. How many times do I got to tell you nothing? Now, when we begin to look at this, something happens when we pray with persistence. Something happens when we have what I like to term bulldog faith. It says, Father God, I know what you promised, and I'm not letting go until I got that. And I believe that's exactly where Elijah got. He said, Father God, I'm staying right here on Mount Carmel, on my knees, and I'm going to send a little servant boy back until something happens. How many of you have ever prayed like that with persistence? And we just hang on to it. Verse 44. Now watch this. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, There is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. Here's a thought for you. What would have happened after the third time if Elijah had said, stuff doesn't work? What if he had said it after the sixth time? But he didn't. And now the little servant boy comes back and he says, out of the sea... I see a, a, a cloud the size of a man's hand. And you don't want to highlight that because the servant's boy is pretty much saying, that ain't nothing, Elijah. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to the ocean, but I, I love to go to the ocean, whether I'm sitting on the bank, whether I'm sitting on the balcony, and I love to sit there with a cup of coffee, and you can look out at the ocean, and you can look as far as your eye can see, and it never ends. And so now he comes back, and an ocean that never ends as far as your eye can see, and he comes back and he says, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. 
so, watch what takes place here. Because every time I looked at that, and I said, and I saw, I read, the size of a man's hand. It only takes mustard seed faith to happen. It only takes a little bit of me believing and trusting God. So that's all he needed to see was a speck. Verse 40, uh, 44. There's a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops. Now I want you to think about this here. Because he's saying, wait a minute, the little servant's boy, he's scratching his hand and saying, do what? We see a cloud the size of a man's hand and you're telling me to go tell him to get his rain boots on and get his, his umbrella and his raincoat on and all that. And again, I'm sure the little servant is looking at him like, dude, you're messed up. But Elijah is so caught up with faith because remember, we go all the way back to the beginning. In, in verse 1, God said, I'm going to send rain. And as crazy as the things that God may sound to us, and as crazy as it may look like in the natural, God's word trumps everything if I'll just get out there and believe it. So he said, go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariots, go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime <laughs> that the sky became black with clouds and the wind and there was heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Now, I, I bet you that, that Ezekiel was doing a God dance. I bet he was spinning around. I bet he was telling that servant, boy, I told you, I told you, I told you what God would do. Sometimes we need people that say, I told you, this is what my God will do. Now, go way, way, way back to the other book, the end of the Bible, to James chapter 5. I've got to show you this. James chapter 5. And so as we're turning there, it was the necessity of faith. And what I mean by the necessity of faith, Elijah believed he received before the answer actually came. Wow. That's what faith does. It says, I know God's going to do it. I just don't know when. I just know he's going to do it. James chapter 5. Ah, let me get there. Verse 17. Now watch this. Elijah. Wow. Elijah's name comes up at the end of the, old, of the New Testament. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He was just like us. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain and did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth produced fruit. So in spite of Elijah's greatness here, he was subject to the same feelings and the same weaknesses that we experience. But now we see something here. That the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. It benefits much. So you know what that means for me and you? When I begin to believe the word of God like I, Elijah did. 
who was tempted with the same stuff, the same weaknesses that ever. It was a man just like us. But something happens when I begin to believe the word of God and I go to God and pray. Now again, James 5 there in verse 16, it says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. What it's saying that the man that trusts God and believes God, his prayers will benefit. Do you know what God's saying? And the same way Elijah believed me, in the same way he stepped out and he trusted me, you can do that. I can, Pat? Absolutely. That's why we all got to go back and we got to get a hold of the Word of God again. And when we find those things that God says to us, man, grab a hold of those. Bite down on that with faith and say, Father God, I'm, I'm going to be pursuing. I'm not giving up. I'm going to stand, and I'm going to stand, and I'm going to stand. Now, I'm going to end with this. Before I'm 20 years old, I don't know nothing about God. I don't know anything about God. I wasn't raised so much in church. I I was a champion sinner. But something happened when I began to hear the Word of God. And so at a young, young age, when I'm, I'm 22 years old, I begin to get a hold of this faith message. And I begin to see these things that I, I can believe God and I begin to trust God. And so there had to be a starting point for me, just like there's got to be a starting point for you. And so you continue to stay in the Word. And, and this sinner who got born again and gave his heart to Jesus, I just kept going to church. I just kept reading my Bible. And some of you have been around me. You'll say, well, I know you're not the sharpest tool in the shed, Pastor. But if I can get a hold of the Word of God, so can you. But I've got to begin to get in the Word. And I see those promises of God. I write those promises of God down. And I begin to stand. And I begin to believe. And I begin to talk about it. You, you go to the Ahabs. And you say, this is what God said. This is what God said. God said it's fixing to rain. And so again, I don't care who you are. God's word will work. It's the word of his power. And so the more I get into the word, the more the word of God comes alive. And I'm telling you, get yourself in those stories. Put yourself in those. Man, sometimes you've got to cut Goliath's head off. Sometimes you've got to be the Elijah. Sometimes you've got to be, be the, the Daniels. You're in the midst of the lion's den. Lions and tigers and bears, who cares? God before me, everybody else might as well be too. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.